The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of the First and Ten Podcast, brought to you by Blogging the Boys, powered by SB Nation. As always, Tony Catalina and Aiden Davis to bring you all things Dallas Cowboys. And this is a not a good episode, not good topic of conversation. The Cowboys season ends in embarrassing fashion in the NFC wildcard round to the Green Bay Packers. They fall 48-32. to And trust me, we're going to give you the real. We're going to give you the raw. We are recording this mere minutes after the game, so you're going to get the real reflection of our feelings in true time here. But before we do that, Aiden, how are you? And I think I already know the answer. Yeah, definitely been better. Was not expecting that whatsoever. I mean, I don't think any Cowboys fan was to... It's one thing to... I think if the Cowboys had lost in a shootout to the Packers, it would have been different. But getting embarrassed, that's that's an entirely different conversation that's going to warrant a... Well, we're gonna be we're gonna be diving into this, man. Yeah, and so you said the word embarrassed, so let me you know dive into that. Is this the you know, I'm not trying to be short sighted in the moment. Is this the most embarrassing loss in the Cowboys like history? Like is is that an absurd take right now? I'm tr- because of the implications, yes. I mean they've had worse losses. Like to me, the 49ers loss from earlier in this year, it would that was like a worse loss. And granted, the final score today was a little bit misleading because the Cowboys did a lot of work in garbage time today. But and in terms of like when you bring in the implications of it, absolutely. I mean, you like they broke records for how many points they allowed. They broke records for their deficit in a postseason. So, yeah, I, I'm completely content calling it the most embarrassing loss I've seen as a Cowboys fan. Yeah. And, you know, how we do our segments is typically we have initial thoughts, but I feel like we've kind of already rolled into that. So let's just kind of keep that going here. Um, As far as I'm concerned, there isn't enough blame to go around. Right. Like if you just look at let me give credit right off the top before we shred into this football team. The credit deserved for the Packers to do exactly what the what the blueprint is to beat this team. You go out, you take the ball first, you do a methodical eight-minute drive, you score a touchdown, go up 7 nothing. The Cowboys do not respond well when they get slapped or punched in the face first. I think the stat was that they were 2-5 and five this year when the other team takes the lead first. Now they're 2-6. and six. 
Um, this thing just spiraled out real quick. It's something we saw during the 49ers game. It's something we saw during the Buffalo Bills game. This Green Bay Packers team, right, they did a lot of good things. They did. They played really well tonight, and they deserve to win this football game. But when you think Buffalo Bills and you think 49ers, I don't think Packers are in the same realm there, right? So this is a truly perplexing, you know, outing for this Cowboys football team. This is this is about as bad as it gets. I mean, realistically, there there is nothing to take solace from this. Brandon Aubrey missed a, an extra point. Dak Prescott threw a pick six. He threw two interceptions. Defense was horrendous. They were terrible. Okay, I don't care what anybody says. The defense was awful. Now, with that being said, that's just my initial takes from it. I want to give you the floor and I'll let you kind of just let it rip for a minute if you want. No, I think you you nailed it spot on. The larger point is that nobody came to play. I mean, outside of, like, who, Tony, I'll, I'll throw this on you. Who would you say had, quote, unquote, a good game? Literally no one. Maybe Jake Ferguson because he just kept fighting. Maybe. I'd say, like, Jake Ferguson, surprisingly, Michael Gallup, and Brian yeah. Anger. And that's, like, the end of the list. Like <laughs> Brian Anger when is you, such a joke, man. Just saying no, that is it, so funny. Exactly. <laughs> but, like, when you have literally... A team of 22 regular starters throwing some guys that rotate in, and you have three players who came to play today. That is embarrassing, especially for a team that, like, we both agreed this was our one of our probably our we said on the podcast last week our best chance to make the NFC championship since I've been a fan. And so everybody knew it too. Like, Mike McCarthy saw the schedule, he knew that you had the Packers and then likely like the Rams, Bucks, Eagles, like. There's there's a short list of teams you wanted to play. It was a favorable path to the NFC Championship, and instead of doing that, you come out there and just completely lay an egg across the board. That is, it was no other word but embarrassing to watch. Yeah, I mean, realistically, man, this loss was way worse than anything we suffered in the last two playoffs against the 49ers. Like, you felt... And I really don't want to sound like sour grapes here, but like you felt like when when you lost to the 49ers, you lost to a team that was like superior to you. I don't feel like we lost to a team that is superior to the Dallas Cowboys. And that's what's super frustrating is, yes, they played better today. They they took no doubt from the Cowboys. They, I mean, stomped them out, gave them really no hope from the beginning that, that the Cowboys are going to come back and win this game. But and again, it doesn't mean anything for me to say I still think the Cowboys are a better football team because of who who cares, right? Who who doesn't? It doesn't matter. But this has to be the most embarrassing loss. No, since they extended to the seven seed, two seed thing in the playoffs, no seven seeds ever beaten a two seed until now, right? It's never happened. They were you know six and zero oh and six since. This is just truly perplexing. I when I was watching this. I had the thought of, are we looking, why why, and how are we reverting back to some of the offensive things we saw last year? Wide receivers in the same area, not getting spacing. Dak Prescott making uncharacteristically tight throws in the middle of the field for no reason. Like, these are all things that we saw last year that we thought was gone. And I don't want to count or even say this because it's not even, like, quantifiable, right? There's no number to say this, but when you look at this team, they're just not built for this moment. I think we've had three straight years of this, and this is not 
they're, they're, they're not a team that's built for this moment. I, I tweeted it out. They're all talk. I'm done hearing about the talk where, you know, I'm going to be phenomenal, Mike, Micah Parsons said. I'm going to be phenomenal is the word he used. Nothing about this was phenomenal. Like, they didn't, nobody, nobody played phenomenally. This was a team that was tight. They were nervous. C.D. Lamb and, and, and Dak Prescott were, you know, bickering. Not even bickering, just like a more perplexing conversation than we've seen all year. Like, literally at every step and every turn in this game, it was embarrassing for the Dallas Cowboys. And, and in return, it's embarrassing for us to watch this and, and to be known as a fraud 12-5 and team. Such frauds after all this. Yeah, and... Like, here's the thing. We're going to see a lot, and we are seeing it during the game. We're over this next, the next week, we're, we are going to see a lot of people doing a victory dance on the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of people clanging the Dallas Cowboys. I almost like, I don't like seeing it, but I almost, I'm like, you know what? They deserve, like, they deserve to be clowned right now. This is a team that absolutely 100% deserves to be clowned. They don't, like, don't do this tough guy mentality. No, you are the butt of the joke. Congratulations, Dallas Cowboys. You have made yourself the butt of the NFL. Like that is a that's the team I root for. They they just went out there and they turned themselves in the butt of the joke of the NFL. I mean, the regular we love this team during the regular season. That doesn't matter. Like the point of the regular season is moments like today. And so congratulations. You had an MVP candidate quarterback. You had an offensive rookie of the year at receiver. You had two, arguably two defensive player of the year candidates. You had a kicker who set records for none of that matters now. None of it. Because you you are now a joke. Right. I, I don't care. Like, I, like, it's just so embarrassing to come out here and put up that type of performance after everything you did. That's what makes it work. Worse. Because the regular season was so good. It makes this loss look so much worse. And so I like if the Cowboys were a nine and seven team and lost like this, I'd be like, sure. Yeah. I mean, a nine and seven team, like, yeah, those those teams have off days. No, twelve and five teams who win the NFC East don't have days like this. And now we're comp- not only back to square, we're way like before square one. This could take some rebuilding to get to square one. I, I want you to hold me accountable a year from now, fifty-two weeks from now. When they go twelve and five, and they get a two seed, a one seed, a three seed, whatever the case may be, going into the playoffs, and I'm gonna sit here and and spew some, some optimism. I want you to to verbally slap me across the face and say, because they've given us no reason to believe that this team is capable of doing anything. We hope they can, right? I don't care. Like I as I said it last week, we got to the point where the regular season doesn't matter, and that's a blessing that now through three years, we're like, okay, we're going to go to the playoffs. Let's get in the dance. Let's figure it out. Now we know through three years, they get to the dance and they can't figure this out. Like you are what you are, right? At first, I thought it was a 49ers problem. Every time we ran into the 49ers, we couldn't beat them, right? They're just a vastly superior team who do a lot of things that we can't handle. Now it's like the moment is too big for these guys. How, how do you seriously not lose a home game in almost two years, two complete football seasons, and they get smacked in the mouth by the youngest team in football, a seven seed team who squeaked in, you know, on the on the skin of their butt into the playoffs, and you get embarrassed by them. Like I know they have some talent, but let's be for real. This isn't even close to the best roster we faced all season. This isn't even close to the roster the best roster we've beaten or bludgeoned all season. Why is it that we have a quarterback who I admire, respect, think is an outstanding football player, 
30-year-old man, and then we get into the, into the playoffs, and all of a sudden we become a shell of ourselves. I know it's not all him, and I know he's not fully to blame, but why is our leaders telling us how great they are instead of showing it? It's just I'm just so frustrated right now. Yeah, like that. I think that's the issue is in terms of the whole holding you accountable a year from now thing is like there was no reason to believe that the Cowboys were going to do something like this. Like, yeah, they got thoroughly beat by the 49ers. They got thoroughly beat by the Buffalo Bills. You know what? Bad, very, very bad games, but and not excusable because those were bad losses. But at least you were like, okay. Those are two of the best teams in football. So, like, when we went into this week, like, there there was so much reason to be optimistic because the Cowboys, like, they, yeah, they've lost to good teams. They've lost to bad teams. Like, but they're 12 and 5. The point is that they completely fooled us over the season. And if they go 12 and 5 next year and look as good as they did this season, I mean, there's no, like, it's just such a 180 that we have no option but to be fooled. Like, I'm not going to look back on like Aiden from last week and think, oh, he was so stupid. He should have seen the signs coming. Like he should have seen this coming. No, there was nothing to, there was no evidence to suggest that this was going to happen. So like, I don't feel stupid for saying that this is the Cowboys have a shot, like their best shot at the NFC, uh, NFC championship that they've had in a long time, because I truly believe that. And there was no evidence to suggest otherwise. Like we had an, like so much hope was built over the regular season that like, I understand the cat like the Cowboys have faltered and fallen short in the but like to to completely lay an egg like this, there was no no reason even the biggest Cowboys haters who think they can't win in the playoffs, you you weren't expecting this. Nobody was expecting this. No, and let me ask you this. Like we talk about intangibles, right? And now that we're gonna turn the page to you know to draft talk and you know off season talk here, you know, starting next week, like when you talk about intangibles for a team and you talk about heart and, and non-measurable things, is it fair to say that this team doesn't stack up in that? I know it's hard to quantify, right? You can't really judge somebody's heart or how they, the pit of their stomach, how they feel in these, in these big moments, right? Do you have the, the, the balls for it, I guess. Right. And it's not anything that I think I can sit here and give a concrete answer. It's more of a gut feeling, like, why is our team, the team that we root for, the guys that come into the regular season acting like tough guys, acting like big, bad, you know, big, bad wolf, we're going to blow, you know, blow your house down type guys, and then get into the into the the playoffs and, you know, talk like like um, Tarzan and play like Jane. Like, it's just really perplexing. Like, I, is that fair to say? Is it fair to say that these te- this these players will like some, you know, spinach in the playoffs? I I think it's fair to an extent. Oh, here here's what I'll say. In terms of like do the Cowboys just have less heart than other teams in the NFL? I don't think so. Like if you were to take all 52 of the players that we have on our team and like look at them like if there was some way to monitor monitor like how big how much heart do they have pre like pre-draft? Like the Cowboys if that was the case, I assume the Cowboys would stack up around the league. Everybody has a, a comparable amount of heart. Where I do think there's credit is the Cowboys are like on both sides of the ball thoroughly outcoached today, and like that's that's one thing that like it, it comes across as like heart or being unprepared. But no, like they were Matt Lafleur spanked Mike McCarthy today. 
Matt LaFleur spanked Dan Quinn's defense today. And that's one thing that like I can say definitively, like I don't know like what heart goes into it, but no, the Cowboys were out coached today. And also Dak Prescott, he relies so much on his confidence and it was going great. Like during the regular season, he had so much confidence because he was playing at an MVP level. So it made him play better. And then in turn, it gains more confidence. And it's like a positive cycle where like you gain more confidence, play better, gain more confidence, play better. And it keeps going. But then you get punched in the mouth in the first and second quarter today. And Dak's like, Oh no, I can see the headlines. And he wilts away like this. Don't let the final stat line fool you. This was a horrific game from Dak Prescott and I think a large part of it is because the dude relies so much on his confidence which it goes when things are going well it's great when things aren't going well that's an issue yeah and so you talk about Dak Prescott and you wrapped it up with that and it's hard for me to disagree with anything you're saying but let me kind of shift to our second topic here because you were talking about Dan Quinn you were talking about Mike McCarthy thoroughly outcoached both of them right like Dan Quinn is supposed to be the lead candidate for all these jobs this could I don't know how damaging this game is, but I'm it, I know it certainly can help his cause if he wants to move on to another head coaching job. Um, as far as Mike McCarthy goes, I've been a staunch believer that he is not going to go anywhere. This is about as tough as of a situation as there's going to be, right? Like as solid ground as I was that a guy who went thirty six and fifteen in the regular season in the last three years, I don't have that level of confidence anymore so let me set the question for you in the table what do we do about this coaching staff what are they going to do with mike mccarthy and dan quinn you can talk about it in, t- in its entirety or you can talk about one specific thing but what would you know what do you think they're going to do aiden vacations can be tricky you already know how to book flights and hotels but now the only thing you're missing is you know the actual travel experience because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home you need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So before I give a definitive answer to that, I wanna I wanna preface how I'm viewing this offseason. Outside of and really not the time to bring this up, but outside of Dak Prescott, I, I want Dak Prescott on the team in 2024. And I hope that's not a controversial take, but it I do want Dak. It shouldn't be. We know how Cowboys fans <laughs> yeah. are after all so I'm that good I'm, fight right now. Yeah, yeah I <laughs> So I want Dak Prescott on the team next year. However, with the exception of like Dak Prescott, the big names, I don't care what happens to anybody else. Like if if news comes out in 30 minutes after we record that Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn have both been fired, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Like I'm 
it, it's not going to be something I'm like, oh, darn. And uh, like Dan Quinn, I think Dan Quinn kind of wears this like I'm invincible thing. The dude over the since week six. So like a vast majority of the season, if you exclude turnovers, he had the 11th ranked defense. Like it, it's it's not like 11's bad. It's not like the Cowboys ever had a bad defense. But keep in mind, they were playing a one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. And at times, that defense looked porous. You can go back to the Bills game. You can go back to the Niners game. You can go. You can look at today. You can even go back to like the Washington game where they didn't score a lot of points, but they were moving the ball. Like I don't think Dan Quinn's like he's not Mister Invincible here. No team, no teams. I would be shocked if a team wanted to touch him as a head coach after that. But like, so in terms of how I'm viewing it. I don't really care what happens to this coaching staff. Now, with that said, I if I was Jerry, I'm keeping Dan Quinn. I'm keeping Dak. Man, I don't know if I form it. I'm keeping Mike McCarthy as well. I'll, I'll make that executive decision. I'm standing pat. But like I said, if news comes out tomorrow that the whole coaching staff's been fired, I'm like, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's that's all well said, and I'm gonna. I I don't want to. I don't really have to combat any of it because I I agree. But my thing is, I'm a guy who doesn't like to make just like snap decisions, right? Like I, I like to have a plan. I like to not let my emotions ruin something or you know, mess up anything there. So if you're gonna get rid of Mike McCarthy and you're strong in that conviction, right? If I'm Jerry Jones or I'm somebody with, you know, a decision-making power here, even the fans who are listening to this and, and talk about it on Twitter, you're ready to move from Mike McCarthy. Fine. What's your plan though? Like what, like what's the, what's the plan? If you're going to sit here and tell me Bill, Bill Belichick, like you guys, you're lost in bizarro world in my opinion. Right. So like he, he doesn't draft well. He doesn't. He wants GM control. That's not happening, right? They they won't even give Will McClay GM control. It's gonna be Jerry Jones making calling the shots in his in his contingency. So if that's the case, will Bill Belichick come here and give that up and just coach? And if he does, who's calling the offensive plays? Are we gonna have Josh McDaniel? Are we gonna have Bill O'Brien? Like who who is calling this offense right now? Say what you want about their performance tonight. Offense didn't get it done. Dak Prescott regressed in the in the moment. Part of him we haven't seen all year, right? But this was his best statistical season in the most comfortable offense he's ever had in his career. And it showed, right? So what do you do? Do you change that? And do you have a third offensive coordinator in three years? Because if you get rid of Mike McCarthy, there's a massive domino effect. Dan Quinn's probably is not sticking around. We just talked about Bill Belichick's going to call the defense if he's here. If you want Jim Harbaugh, what what now? You're gonna bring Jim Harbaugh here, and then he is he gonna call the plays? Who's he gonna bring in for defense? There's so many different variables, right? You just spent four seasons drafting how Dan Quinn wants. Do these guys no longer fit the system that X, Y, and Z is gonna bring in? Like these are real questions. This isn't fantasy football. This isn't Madden, you know, franchise mode. Like you're gonna have to make some real tough decisions with real people, with real money, with real situations. The Cowboys' standard should be and and will always be Super Bowl championships. By all metrics, they have not reached that, and they haven't done it, period. It's not been good enough. But we had talked about it last week. This is a team that every year during Jason Garrett's era, the playoffs were not guaranteed. They weren't even guaranteed like a winning season. Remember when 8-8 eight and eight, like every single year? Like, it just wasn't guaranteed. So now you're going to throw out a guy who's admittedly 
not performed well lately in the playoffs. Agreed. We all agree there, but he's 36 and 15 in three years. We always got a crack at it, and we talk about it. You hit the boulder enough times, it might break. You're, are you going to give that up? I mean, Bill Belichick without Tom Brady has proven to do what? Right? Like, I don't want to be disrespectful of the, you know, the greatest coach of all time, but unless you have the ingredients, how are you making a Michelin star meal? Right? It just, I, I just, I don't get it. I mean, so I, I'm, I'm, these are all rhetorical because I don't have the answers and I'm not expecting you to either, but where do you go? I mean, if you want to make a change, sure, but write me a plan, put, put something together for me. Here's, here's what I'll say. And uh, I'd like to preface this by saying like, we started off this conversation. I gave my viewpoint. I agree with you. I, I th- I'd, I'd keep McCarthy and Quinn, but I will say that Super Bowl that's always lauded as like Super Bowl is a Mike McCarthy head coach, or sorry, Mike McCarthy is a Super Bowl winning head coach. That's far in the rearview mirror now. And what we have, what we've seen since then is Mike McCarthy have incredible regular seasons with Aaron Rodgers. They were, I mean, Cowboys fans don't need to be reminded of that. They were consistently the one or two seed in the NFC. It seemed like every year we were jockeying when the Cowboys were good. We were still jockeying with position for the Packers because the Packers were always the one or two seed under Aaron Rodgers. And yet they didn't do anything after that one Super Bowl. So, like, it's not like this is just a Dallas thing. Like, Mike McCarthy, for the, a decent amount of time now, has dominated the regular season and then got to the playoffs and completely wet the bed, which he's now done in three consecutive years with the Cowboys. That like that would be my I, devil's advocate approach, I guess. I mean, it's fair. I mean, at the end of the day, like, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I, I just, yeah, admittedly, Mike McCarthy hasn't got the, gotten it done, right? And he's made some questionable calls. He's had some situational awareness, you know, moments where it hasn't really been there. You know, Dan Quinn's defense has... Like, it's funny, and I don't want to be, like, I know numbers will probably say I'm wrong, and we talk about DVOA, and we talk EPA, and we talk about all these advanced analytics stacks that I respect. But, like, towards the end of the season, did you really fear this pass rush? No, like, I didn't fear the entire defense. over the Since the bye week, I don't, like, this wasn't a dominant defense. This was a yeah. bend, don't break. Right, they bend, don't break, and then they would break and break and break, and then next thing you know, it's okay if you take away Dak's interception and you even take away the, you take away the pick six and you take away the interception that put the ball inside the red zone, and you just take those points off the board. They still gave up what, forty, thirty-five. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so if you take the fourteen off of the forty-eight. You're talking about thirty-four points there. You, like, you still lose a football game. You know what I mean? Like, you still lose a football game. So it's the defense gives up thirty points. And it was right off the jump. Like, and that's why I called them front runners all year. Like any team that you need to absolutely win the first drive of the game is not a sustainable plan when you're playing real football teams in the playoffs. Like every time you get down seven, nothing, you're going to lose a football game. That's like the mark of a, of a not mentally tough football team. I'm sorry. No, yeah. I mean, they flashed a stat after the Packers scored, and it terrified me then, and it turned out to be true. The Cowboys are now 2-6 and six when they don't score first. And a large part of that is because, like... The, here, Here's the thing. Is it a lack? And this is going to be, a, I assume, hopefully a hotly debated topic over the offseason. Do you think the fact that the Cowboys' defense looked porous at times, bend, don't break at other... Like, at best, bend, don't break opportunistic which isn't a positive thing as a defense like the 
turnovers dry up. Eventually, it dried up today, and the defense didn't look good. Like how the defense looked over the back half of the season. Do you think that's a result of poor coaching or? Is there a lack of talent? And that sounds ridiculous, but like Duran Bland, he can be beat. Micah Parsons is obviously great. Like outside, is it just an issue of like outside Micah Parsons, like the defense can be beat or is it a coaching? I think it's a little bit of coaching, but what I think there is, is there's a massive gap between your high-end talent and the next guys, right? I think they have really high level superstars, Micah Parsons, you know, they got guys like Demarcus Lawrence. Um, they got guys like Stefan Gilmore and Ball Hawks like Deron Bland. Like Malik Hooker had a very quiet, good season. But you got guys like Jaron Curse who's regressed, and you got linebackers who are 210 pounds, you know, for converted safeties. Damone Clark, everybody we spoke to in the preseason said Damone Clark was going to be a pro bowler this year. And by all metrics, he underachieved right he did he wasn't what everyone thought he was going to be stinks but that's the truth you got mazi smith who came in was supposed to be this massively strong human being i think they had him lose like 30 or 40 pounds getting blown off the ball was a a virtual no factor all season then you got a guy jonathan hankins who's a nfl veteran who's bounced around a little bit of teams he goes out and you can't stop the run he comes back in the runs a defense is a little better but ultimately you really can't stop the run so it's like they have they've they've hit really high on draft picks, right? There are obvious hits in Will McClay's era and the Dan Quinn, you know, style of defense, but they've swung and missed in the secondary. Like outside of a fifth round pick they used on Stephon Gilmore, Deron Bland being what he has developed, once Trayvon Diggs went down, they were one injury away from having Nashawn Wright. You know, Kelvin Joseph ain't on this team anymore. Noah Igamanagami might have played three defensive snaps all season. Like, Jordan Lewis had to get a lot of minutes, and he had some gritty moments, but he's not in the mold of what they're looking for in that defense, right? They want size. They want length. They want athleticism. He's just got toughness. You know, he's not a big dude. He's tough. But it. my thing is, you look at this defense, and I felt like for a long time, they 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 feast on him inferior opponents right and the numbers get inflated and then you sit here and say wow like they lead the league in sacks but how come they can't sack a packer or you they get one sack all game and gets negated like how come when you play good teams their numbers aren't there and then you're like oh it's because this is all fluffed up nonsense you know it's all of it is not real yeah i i mean i i think the cowboys defense like because of the last two years it was everybody just automatically lauded it as like, oh, this is like one of the NFL's best defenses. I I don't think, like, that was not the case. And so whether that be, I don't know where the blame's going to fall on that one. I don't know whether it's going to be a lack of high-end talent. Like, if you look at, the like, the 49ers defense, like, that defense is great because there are so many playmakers across. I don't, like, listen, the Cowboys defense, we focus on them, and so we, like, hype, like, Osa is a guy that we all love and we all know is good, but like league wide, he's not somebody that you fear as like a, like look at the entire 49ers defensive line, like, or the, the Eagles run stopping defensive line. Like those, those names are known everywhere. Like Osa is good to us and we love Osa. We believe he's underrated, but like, I don't know. I don't know whether this is going to be a lack of talent thing or it's going to be a Dan Quinn thing. 
I just the defense isn't as great as people made it out to be, especially over the back half of the season. And I've yeah. been talking about this on the pod for a while now. And I don't know. I don't know what's going to have to change. Your Osa, your Osa point is totally correct. Like he's one of those guys where if you watch Cowboys football and you watch every game and every snap, you're like, wow, Osa's a stud. Like this kid's really good. But then you look at and pan out and you look at the entire NFL and you're like, ah, he's still good. But like there's, uh, there's better, more game breaking players. Right. Like, and you look at, um, like a dude like Doris Armstrong, he's he's solid, but every team has a Doris Armstrong. You know what I mean? Like you look at a Dante Fowler and it's like, he's okay. Everyone's got a, you know, a fourth, fifth rotational defensive end. Like he's all right. Like, and then it's the same thing with offense, right? Where it's like, you got a guy, you look, just look what the Packers did. They got all 22, 23 year old wide receivers are out there making big time plays. And like Jalen Tolbert has two, two touchdowns on the year. And we're like, wow, Tolbert, man, he, he showed up this year. It's like, man, we got, we got rookies who come in here making big time plays in the wild card round. Like this isn't like, it's, we're just too in, indoctrinated. What is it? Indoctrinated. Indoc- into, indoctrinated. Yeah. yeah into, man, into, you got me mixed up now. <laughs> into believing like our team is this, this great thing when like, yeah, they're talented. They got good team. They got good players, but like, I mean, we're not really impressive. I think we learned that the hard way. I agree. Like just as a quick comparison and because I just brought it up, like the Cowboys have Micah and Demarcus Lawrence who are known across the league as like, these guys are studs. They're, they're bad dudes and they're going to give you fits on defense. But like outside of that, look look at the 49ers defensive line. It's Chase Young, Eric Armstead, Javon Hargrave, Nick Bosa, Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner. Those are the guys lining up in the box. That is like, I do think there might be a lack of talent issue on the Cowboys that we were just completely ignoring because we're so hyper-focused on these names that we're like, oh yeah, they're good. Like we, we've watched them week in, week out. They're, yeah. they're underrated. That guy's underrated. He's cool. But like, they don't have the dudes that you're like, oh, that is scary across the league everybody knows their name scary yeah yeah you're 100 right man and uh before we get out of here let's just wrap it up real quick with this it's it doesn't have to be too long but just give me your final thoughts final synopsis on the football season as a whole i mean i don't think either one of us thought we were gonna be having an end of year podcast here uh but that's the reality of the situation so aiden kind of give me your send-off thoughts on this 2023 season that ends in disappointment yeah, before the game, I was watching highlights from the season. It's disappointing to think of now, but like, it was there were so many cool moments across the like, CD entering top three receiver territory, Dak being an MVP candidate. You had Jimmy Johnson inducted in the Hall of Fame. You had some blowout wins, disappointing losses, record-setting performance. Like, it was a cool season, and but. None of that matters because this is going to be known as the season where we got embarrassed by the Packers in the first yeah. round. Like that's straight up. Like that's yep. we think of last season as the weekend where we got embarrassed by the 49ers in the second round of the playoffs. That's so that's how this season's going to be known. It's disappointing. And the issue is, is for the first time in a long time, I don't know where to go from here because I think if we just stand pat and keep this roster, I'm not going to have hope that we're going to get any further than we did this year. So it's really tough because I just don't know where to go. Yeah, man. Like to piggyback off that fool me once shame on you fool me twice. Shame on me. So, you know, for me, it's one of those things where I've said it every year and I've been wrong every single year. Like this year feels different. This team feels different. They, you know, ignoring some of the signs or 
or thinking that, you know, these are things that they can overcome. It didn't happen, right? And you look at it in retrospect, this team talented, obviously flawed. This is something that we've seen in the Buffalo game, the 49er game, the Arizona game, right? You lose to the Eagles in in tough fashion where they shoot themselves in the foot. They were undisciplined. They made a lot of mistakes. They didn't have the talent to overcome it. We are, once again, a laughingstock across the league, right? It doesn't matter what other teams do and lose. At the end of the day, they're going to talk about us because we're also the fan base that will tell you how good we are when we're doing well. That's just the nature of the beast, right? If you're going to dish it, you got to be able to take it. But I will say this. On a personal note, like you mentioned, it's it was a really fun season. A lot of good moments. Uh, I watched all the games with my wife. She is deeply invested more than I am. I had to be the voice of reason today. You know, she's like <laughs> losing it during the game. And I'm like, you know, stay strong, like stay tough. Like we're, we're going to be okay. And the whole time in the back of my mind saying this ain't going to be okay. You know what I mean? This isn't going to be all right. But I don't want to say that. Um, she, we've been together for six years. She's been with me for six years, but I've been dealing with this cowboy stuff for 20 plus. So like, I just, I'm almost numb to it, which is really sad. Like I, the sad part is I was sick to my stomach, nervous about this game all day. And then to get into this game and feel like we never had a fighting chance. That's the part that sucks, right? You sit through 17 weeks, you sit through six weeks of training camp. We, we go on this podcast every week. We, we write articles all week. We talk about it at nonstop nauseum. You hype up this team, and at the end of the day, it's all for nothing. We start 0-0 back on the draft train. Can't believe the season's over. Did not expect it to end this week. And, um, you know, it's, it's really frustrating, man. It's a feeling that you felt a million times over if you're a Cowboys fan, but it never, ever gets easier. So um, any final thoughts before we wrap up? Yeah, just real quick. Um, today was tough, and there was – I'm not going to do anything to sugarcoat today. I'm will yeah. at, along with the rest of the Cowboys nation. I'm going to sit and rot in this hatred of what I'm currently feeling right now, but I love doing another year of podcasting with you, man. It's oh, one yeah. of the, one of the things I look forward to every week and Cowboys nation. We're going to get through this together. Yeah, there, for sure. There are things bigger than football and be interacting with Cowboys fans. Like that's up there with my fandom itself. Yeah, so I think this will be okay. Yeah, we'll find we'll get through this together like we did last year, like we did the year prior. Aiden, you're my dog, man. You know, I love doing this with you. This is honestly one of loss, a highlight of my week. So I uh, thank you again for another year. We did it, you know, just the two of us this time, and that was different for us. But, uh, uh, man, I appreciate your time. Um, it sucks to have this conversation, but stay tuned, everybody, because it's going to shift, and we're going to have a lot of great guests. We're going to have a lot of great content gonna talk about a lot of good stuff here so um damn man <laughs> it sucks but we're not going anywhere no nah, we're gonna be here we're gonna be here you know what in about a month from now I'll probably be like hey we're gonna win it next year and i want you to slap <laughs> me in the face but no <laughs> so uh with that being said another episode of the first and ten podcast brought to you by blogging the boys powered by sb nation as always tony and aiden we'll catch you guys next week and damn More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. 
Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on mom? <laughs> no. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.